This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. It is free. No, I'm serious. It's free, 100%. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then distributes that podcast for you, and you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from that podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. was your uh what was your first car you ever drove uh the first one i ever drove legally (laughs) (laughs) uh was a uh the first car i ever drove was a dodge shadow Dodge shadow what year was that 87 88 something like that but the first car i ever owned was a 1986 mustang lx uh four speed four cylinder it topped out at 83 miles an hour downhill with the windows open and ac on fox body yeah hell yeah nice (laughs) oh man i did a lot of drugs in those cars (laughs) good stuff man good stuff what about you so well my first car uh let's see was a the first one after i got my driver's license i drove either my uh grandfather's truck that he passed down to me an 84 f-150 uh which i still got in the garage um or my mom's 1990 volkswagen vanagon mm. uh that she passed down to me uh had the fold-out bed in it um the backwards facing seats yeah. took everybody down to myrtle beach after we graduated uh, it's got the, had the bench seat that you lifted up and we could store all the alcohol in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Down. Oh, it was the best. Was absolute best. Lots of memories of that vehicle. You're, you're kind of old like me. Um, when, when did you get your license, your full license, not that learner's permit crap. When did you get like your full fledged driver's license? 16 years old. Okay. Yep. So, uh, New Mexico, I actually got my full fledged, not a learner's permit driver's license at 14 years, eight months old. Wow. Yeah. Back, That's back, wild. back in the day, uh, you could get your full, your full license at 14 years, eight months. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. That's a uh, man. Like, I don't know if you've been around a 14 year old lately, but 
there's there's absolutely no way I would wrestle. I would forcibly I'd put the 14 year old in a headlock and <laughs> take the keys from them. Is, uh, isn't your isn't your youngest 14? Hell yes. There is no no planet on which me and him coexist and he gets behind the wheel of a car. Absolutely none. Yeah, that's Maybe that's because there's nothing out there to, to hit where, where beep is. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, yeah, that too. Um, so the, the voice you're hearing right now, uh, speaking of old farts, is uh one of our oldest members. Uh we got Ant in uh in Brooklyn, Styano. Welcome to uh, Get to Know Your Lower Ranger. Thank you for having me. Ant, how you doing this evening, my man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. I just had a, we just recorded a, another one of these and I had three fingers of some, uh, some whiskey and uh, I won't give them any more shout outs because they're not a sponsor yet. So maybe down the road. Oh, what you drinking on? I'm drinking um, Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker. Blue? No, just black. I'm going oh, easy tonight. Shit. Okay. All right. All right. I feel you. I feel you. All right, man. Uh, and one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Lower Rangers. Uh, man, uh, first of all, I, I want to get this up top as well. Uh, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at Stiano. That's S-T-A-I-A-N-O. Excellent, excellent. And tell us, tell us a little bit about where you're at. I always throw it to you as as Ant in Brooklyn. Is there any any more specific like neighborhood that that you uh that you reside in? Yeah, so I'm I'm in Brooklyn and. Um, Good or bad, I'm in one of the bougier neighborhoods. Oh, okay. um, it's called Park Slope. A lot Park of uh, urban professional white guys and families and <laughs> lots of kids and strollers and all that stuff. Sure. And, sure. you know, we claim to be very progressive um, in, in our nature. But, you know, sometimes we still want us to be first in line if we also want everyone else to get in line, too. So. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. There's that. There's that. Uh, that New Yorker that resides in everybody, no matter the neighborhood, right? Yes, very much so. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, tell us a little bit. I I know you got uh some some. I won't say little ones because I've seen them. They're not little, but uh, I know you got a, a couple of kids and and a lovely wife. Tell us a little yep. bit about your family. Yeah, so I've been married. Um, coming up on fifteen years. Um, okay. Another half year to go on that, but you know, close. I've got three little ones, um, a nine and 11 and a 13. And uh, yeah, I couldn't imagine my 13 year old driving in a year. Like she <laughs> is like, yeah, no, I couldn't imagine it. Like it, it'd be a disaster. No way in hell. No way. In <laughs> Luckily hell. in New York, it's uh, 18 to get your full license. In the oh, city wow. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I, you know what? I think that's what it is in North Carolina now as well. Uh, like there's like, it's like a gradual process where you get a little, little, uh, a few more restrictions taken off every six months or something. Yeah, until definitely. You get your, your full thing at 18. Um, so tell us a little bit, uh, if you don't mind about what do you do for a living? So um, my background's in engineering. I have two degrees in electrical engineering from University of Delaware. Okay. Um, I'm a model of our president, go blue right. hens. Right. But uh, I worked as an engineer for about nine months and I was bored out of my skull okay. because I was like, oh, cool. I'll get to build the computer system. They were like, no, you can write the paper that we hand to that guy <laughs> over there to build the computer system. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Right. And so I left that. This is going back now a long time, but I left that and I went into web development 
because it allowed me to be very technical, but also have a creative aspect to most of my uh, daily work, whether it was front end design, back end design, database, whatever it is. I could have my hands in many buckets and again, be technical, but also be creative at the same time. So, and I've been doing that now for 25 years, probably or close to it. Gotcha. Gotcha. So do you, uh, are, are you, do you work for a specific company? Or are you freelance? Do you do this? Um, I work for a specific company. I've been with them coming up on about 15 years, um, which, you know, is rare in this day and age. Most people work at a job for a couple of years and then go someplace else. I'm, right, right. I'm very lucky where I work. Um, sure. I also do stuff on the side when, you know, when, when, when people need, you know, I have a friend says they want a website or, you know, what I built for Laura after hours or different yeah, things, yeah. but um, yeah, I work full time for a company and I love it. Um, and, you know, I'm pretty happy. Fantastic. Fantastic. So uh, getting to the show, the reason we even do this silly podcast in the first place, <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit uh, about how long you've been listening and, and when you kind of first got the show, so to speak, as, as they like to call it, or, or if you even remember, was there a specific moment or was it kind of a gradual thing? Well, I'll be honest. I actually don't know how long I've been listening to the show. And I say that because I used to catch Dan on a lot of other stuff. Okay. PTI, whenever he was on, which is, which I'm still a big fan of, but he did like sports reporters. He did like all these other things. And right. I remember just seeing him in like, I like him. He seems smart. He seems thought-provoking. He sort of makes you think um, in a different way. He's not just regurgitating, you know, and the Chiefs beat, you know, the so-and-sos 27-23 and, you know, right, right. this and that and the other thing. He was, he had more substance to what he was talking about. And so I started to seek him out for whatever I could find, if I could find articles from the Miami Herald and started listening to the radio show when he was still on in the afternoons, but I would catch it here and there when I could. Um, and then once, you know, once they moved to the cowherd spot, I was, I was all in, I was, you know, I was a uh, 100%, you know, in on that. And probably around that time is when I really sort of started to get the show. Right. Cause that's when I started listening regularly. It wasn't like, Oh, I'd catch a couple hours here or there, or I might listen to a Friday show. Cause right. I knew right. there'd be a little extra, you know, irreverent in, in the way they were going about their stuff. Um, so, and in many ways, you know, even with the transition, I don't even know. I mean, they've been on ESPN. They were on ESPN like 10 years, but they weren't in the carrot spot for 10 years. Like, so I'm not exactly sure how long I've actually been listening, but as long as I can remember, it's been, it's been a mainstay in, in my daily and weekly sort of listening habits. Yeah, just your, your routine. Yeah. There's a, you just said something that kind of is interesting to me because I, I see fans online, like in the Reddit community, uh, of which you are a moderator. I'm sorry to uh, to tell everybody that um, it's your your cross to bear, your burden. <laughs> but uh, so so there's different degrees of getting this show, in my opinion. There's the folks that like uh, like we just we just recorded one of these with Barrett, and like one of the things that he remembers, one of the first things that he saw that kind of made him get the show so to speak, was uh, uh, Stugatz doing the lie detector test. That's just funny no matter what, right? Then there is the show within a show where yep. the rejoin music that Mike is playing is like there's a theme to it. Or, the, for instance, more recently, one of the things that I was just amazed went over so many people's heads, the Tim Jern saga, where... 
uh, people that were actually Googling this guy, thinking that he was real, I, I, I'm just dumbfounded by, it. and I don't mean, I don't mean to like, you know, talk ill of those folks or call them dumb or anything, but like the, the deconstruction of a sports radio talk show is a one level deeper than just the poop talk or the, you know, the, the silly stuff that they'll, they'll have people, you know, they'll have Dan dress up as uh as, as, you know, disgraced coaches or Mina dress up as Elmo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I loved about the show is that there was a lot of, it, it wasn't your straight Mike and the mad dog screaming back and forth taking callers, giving them 30 seconds and then telling them how wrong they are after they hung up and they can no longer respond back to you. You know, there was levels of, of what they were doing, both in the interactions going back and forth and even the repeatedness of some of the things you would hear something today that they were talking about yesterday. And they'd sort of talk about what they were talking about, but they wouldn't like they would make, they would want to try to keep you coming back for more to what was the next thing they were going to talk about and how they were going to, how they were going to, you know, hit it or talk about the topic or you know whatever was going on so that's another right. thing or sort of like i said that that drew me into them because there was there was more to their stuff than just basic you you almost had to pay attention you couldn't yeah. just have it necessarily yeah. on his background noise that you would listen to every so often you sort of had to be engaged in what was going on you just nailed that you it, it is a deconstruction of your traditional radio, your sport, tra- excuse me, traditional sports radio show, but it requires your attention to get all of the gags and all of the jokes and all of the callbacks, which is what I think causes such ravenous listener engagement uh, that creates a Reddit community that ends up swallowing its maker. Uh <laughs> Yeah, oh, you know the, the 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 swallows the the moderator the, we, we, the Reddit community. Not to harp too much on this, is the uh, ocean that swallowed the uh, the the head pirate in that little yes. little little world. So, um, uh, all right, moving along, moving along. Uh, what is what is one of the moments from over the years? And it can I, I I've said this on a couple other editions of this. I'm kind of a prisoner of the moment. Uh, whatever the funniest thing is they did the past week is always my favorite moment that comes to mind. What's, what's one of your favorite moments that you've witnessed over the years? So one of my favorite moments just sort of broadly is people. I <laughs> love the, 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 the way like it's, it's such a distinct side of Billy and yet right. it's Billy. Like it, it, like there's so many aspects of, you know, as they talk about you know, Dan talks about this. This isn't a guy we're making up. This is a guy I went around the block with. He was my buddy. Like these people <laughs> exist. This is and and more specifically, when they did when when people did his like rants, right? Like you know, I, I think I talked about this on a couple podcasts ago when he did. They hate us because they ain't us, <laughs> and it morphed into I'm sorry, Dan. They didn't <laughs> like us because they aren't us. Is that better, bro? Like that? I'm like I. I lose it every time i hear that clip because it's so like it's so good it hits on so many levels yeah yeah mr will mr willem surely know those people yeah 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 you're right you're right the the they are shining a light on a type of person a character that exists in miami and i'm sure you know as as culturally rich as brooklyn is 
Like the, there's those characters that exist in your neighborhoods yeah. and in your neck of the woods. I I know they exist in North Carolina down here. I can uh, come up with caricatures all day about the uh, the the beach bum salt life rednecks that uh, live down the street from me. So I uh, I'm very familiar with that that type of character that exists almost universally throughout the world. Do we need to bleep that out? I don't want you to get in trouble for saying, okay. uh, All right. saying yeah. the R word. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, for, for listeners that don't know, I got uh, knocked off Twitter uh, over the summer for saying the word redneck in Marty Smith's mentions. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to I have not typed it out since then. I'm, I'm playing a dangerous game uh, trying to say on Twitter. Uh, maybe maybe beep will take this out. Maybe we don't need to include this in this episode. I'm going to leave it in. Damn it. Okay. All right. Moving along, moving along. Ant, who is your favorite member of the Lebetard universe? For me, it, it really is Dan. Okay. It really is Dan because I like, I just like the way he goes about all the different stuff. Not just the way he does his content, but right. I really love his empathy Right. that he talks about and even just sort of small the way he's empowered the other people on the show to have their voice to be able to say what they want to say and to be major players in the family for lack of a better way to say it you know yeah yeah, like, yeah. it's really you very rarely come across people who are in charge who are like eh, you guys you guys have the next five minutes. You guys have the next bits. You guys have the next whatever. And sort of really empower the people under them or around them to, to be such major aspects you know, of the show. Yeah. Um, and, and that I just really admire that because, like I said, I don't think oftentimes you find people in power who are like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to share this with people who I don't need to share it with. Because he could have done a, he could still do a him and Stu Gatz only show, sure, and not have Billy or Chris talk much, and not have Mike necessarily involved, and not talk about how they're feeding Stu lines. He could make it very much, you know. But he likes to say behind the curtain, here's what's going on, and here's how it's working, and let's get everything involved. So that's for me, it's Dan. Makes sense. Uh, his ability to 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 drive the show. I think they were talking about it yesterday. Uh, his or on the mystery crate, but, but Dan's ability to drive that show and to know when to get out of the way and also to know that he has surrounded himself with folks that if he does swallow somebody up, if he doesn't get out of the way, they have the uh, the leeway to make fun of him for it, to, to, to give him shit about it, which just turns it into even more content uh, because he can laugh at himself first and yes. foremost. That is the that is the number one quality there is that Dan's ability to laugh at himself is his biggest strength because so many folks in that industry the ego comes first. Like there is no laughing at yourself. Uh, there is, there is only trying to cover up your mistakes, not sinking into them, which is, it was such a fantastic quality. Um, so how did you end up joining this whole crew? So that became loud after hours. Yeah. I'm going to be a little different than most of the other folks. Cause I know a lot of the other folks came in because of steak and I actually didn't. Okay. Um, I was having a DM conversation with Mike Ryan fan account going back to, the end of Mayish, and he's like, "Yeah, we're doing this thing. If you want to jump on or join us, we're gonna, 
you know, initially it was just, we're going to record and just going to chat about the show and not necessarily do anything with it or it'd be more so, you know, not so interview focused, but just chatting. And I actually couldn't join the first time I did it, but the second time I jumped on and I was like, wow, there's like, you know, 10 to 15 other <laughs> crazy, 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 crazy super fans. Like, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, and everyone was like, oh, I love, did you hear when he said these three words? And it was just like, and I was like, wow, like I found something that, I never thought I'd, a, I'd be able to find, right. especially, you know, in the midst of this pandemic where you can't see anybody getting to be able to connect with people and see faces and, and have common, you know, loves and interests and on a really granular level. I mean, cause you know, if you're in a levitard and you're really in a levitard, you're not, you know, I talked about earlier, you're not talking about the high level stuff. You're like getting deep in the weeds. Sure. And I was like, wow, there's a bunch of the people who are getting in the weeds in a way that I am that, you know, yeah. my wife doesn't care about the show. She's like, oh, really them again? Like, you know, yeah. even highly questionable. She's like, do we have to watch this? <laughs> so to find people who were like all in on it too, was just really cool for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I would tell you, I, I feel like this podcast, this group of folks has kept a lot of people uh, mentally. I think Barrett put it the best, just like having that stimulus yeah. of something that you we could coalesce around. This was a great community to find when, you know, a lot of people were going through something they'd never been through before, which was just isolation, just utter isolation. Yeah. So it's it's been an absolute blessing for sure. Um, this is a kind of a curveball question. I asked this to Barrett as well. What's been your favorite moment uh, so far from this Lauer After Hours experience? You know, I think th there's two things. There's a there's a sort of micro point and a sort of macro point. I was I was talking to a friend of mine about what we're doing and I was talking to him about possibly would he be interested in coming on and being interviewed by us. And I was throwing out the names of all the people we had interviewed mm -hmm. and not even talking about like naming big people. I was just like going through the names and was like, wow, we've interviewed a lot of people. Yeah, like we, we have. have really talked to, I mean, many, many, many people who, you know, six months ago, we all would, or eight months ago, we would have said, I'm never going to talk to Katie Nolan. I'm never going to talk to, or Sarah Spain or, right. you know, Christina Lisi or, you know, any of these people that we've been blessed enough to talk with. Yeah. And then the other aspect is going sort of more small is just the connections I made with all you people. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, this, you're on the chat all day. And if you're not <laughs> on it all day, yep, it's because yep. there's really something serious going on. That's <laughs> yes, taking you away seriously. from being on the chat all day. And it's yep, like, yep. just the, the connectivity. Cause what's funny is a lot of the friends that I've had, I've had for decades. Yeah. People I've known from kindergarten, from first grade, from second grade. And, um, you know, as a parent of kids, you oftentimes end up becoming friends with parents of your kids' friends. Sure. And not that any of my kids' friends' parents are not good people, of but course, it's sort of, of a forced reason why you're talking to them. Yeah. How are you yeah. doing? Like, you, you know, it's not, you haven't necessarily sought them out or necessarily had a common interest. Whereas all of us had this really common interest that we're all pretty crazily passionate about. And yet we're all different. 
You got yeah. me in New York, you got people in LA, a lot of people in Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Texas, New Mexico. Aus you got Australia. people all over the place. <laughs> Australia, absolutely. Canada, Boston, all these different places. And it's like, but we've got this common thing that six months in or eight months into talking to you, I feel like I've known you all for 20 years. Yeah, same. Be or, or like I was talking to my wife about this yesterday. One of the other things that's sort of weird about this is me and my friends, because we've known each other for so long, many of us have known each other for so long, we know every story we've ever told. And we've heard yeah. them all 65 times. <laughs> but none of you people have heard any of them. So right, I get to right. retell all my funniest stories <laughs> that may or may not be funny to you. And you get to retell all your stories about aspects of your life or your personality that it's almost like a new beginning in some ways. Sure. And yet sure. you're talking to people who you have this connection to and it just makes it like a comfortable is probably the wrong word, but you feel like I feel okay opening up to this person because yeah. of this, that, or the other thing that you would have necessarily said, you know, a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. That well, well put, and and I, I feel the same about all you guys too. It, it uh, it's it's Barrett. Barrett uh, made the comment like, "Well, I think I met you like a year ago." I'm like, "Nah, dog, that's that seven months ago at <laughs> most." I think is when we uh, we we started uh chatting the first time. So it uh, time is a flat circle and uh, all that good stuff. Yes. Uh, time is not real. We've all we've all. I feel like. I feel like we're bordering like the shining levels where we've always been here. Like the camera pulls back from the black and white photograph and it's all of us in the ballroom, but yes. it's the, it's, it's the lower after hours zoom uh, of all the faces. <laughs> so, okay. Going to end it here. What is your second favorite color? I'm going to go with orange. Orange. I love orange mostly because it's different than what you see out of a lot of other, like most people don't wear orange. It's sort of bright. It's sort of obnoxious. Right. I really love orange, partly because of that sort of different aspect than what you normally see. But hey, in your, in your face and obnoxious from a, a, a somebody from, from New York City? Listen, unheard listen, of. Unheard listen. of we are not obnoxious. We're just focused. I've okay, said this before. Okay. All right. We've all got right. 10 minutes and 45 <laughs> seconds to walk from the subway station to our office. So we leave 11 Determined. minutes. We just don't have, you, you, if you can get us off our beeline for the moment, we will help you. But if you don't like get out of my way, cause we got a place to go and a person to see and a little amount of time to get that done. Understood. Oh, you're, you're on a mission from God. Uh, I guess. Yes. So, uh, all right. First favorite color. First favorite color. Is black a color? Sure. Or are we going to say the black is... So I would say black. For me, I, okay. I also love black. But that's right. probably a very New York thing as well of, of, of having big, black big, be your favorite Big color. Halloween fan, apparently. Black and orange. Y you know, not necessarily together, <laughs> but I do like both Separate. those colors, okay. yes. Fair enough, fair enough. And tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter again. Again, uh, it's uh, at Stiano, S-T-A-I-A-N-O. Okay. And uh, do you have Instagram or any other social media that you... I, I do have Instagram, but I don't really post anything. I just sort gotcha. of look at everybody else, but it's AP Stiano for Anthony Peter. And then my last name, Stiano, S-T-A-I-A-N. Excellent. Excellent. And where can they find you on Reddit? 
They can find me as Cyano. <laughs> Pretty much any so anything's any, gonna have your anything so just, but Facebook because Facebook is the devil. But anything else, I'm likely Cyano or AP Cyano on gotcha, that platform. Gotcha. Well, Ant, we really, really uh, appreciate you spending this time with us, uh, getting to know you, and uh, and thanks for joining us, man. And I'll, uh, You're welcome. I'll see, you, I'll see you in the chat. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.